Have you ever seen editorial cartoons that show a long-haired, bearded street prophet carrying a sign that reads, Repent, the end is near. My favorite one shows the prophet running and the sign says, It's here! Now that is a sign of the times. In 1947, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists created what is called the Doomsday Clock. On the timeline of human civilization, midnight is the moment at which we will have made Earth uninhabitable for humanity due to hypothetical global catastrophe. The clock is a metaphor for threats to humanity from unchecked scientific and technological advances. Factors include threats such as nuclear war, pandemics, and climate change. On January 24th of this year, the doomsday clock was set at 90 seconds until midnight, the closest to the hour it has ever been. Some of the causes for this advance are COVID-19, the pandemic, the Russia-Ukraine war, worldwide economic instability, and cyber threats. Scientists have been warning us of apocalyptic dangers since the atomic age began. Science fiction writers like H.G. Wells, George Orwell, Aldous Huxley, and Ray Bradbury have seemed like prophets in their stories of a dystopian future. Films like The Matrix, The Hunger Games, and The Terminator paint a bleak view of the future. The Last Days, The Second Coming of Christ, and The Rapture became a focal point in evangelical preaching in the 20th century, galvanized by Hal Lindsey's book, The Late Great Planet Earth, which became the best-selling non-fiction book of the 70s. So the church has its own doomsday clock. But beware of setting dates and times. Jesus told his disciples, It is not for you to know periods of time or appointed times which the Father has set by his own authority. I deal with eschatology in episodes 33 and 52 of my weekly podcast on CGM Radio, Since You Asked. But to keep up with the current panic in the secular and religious community, I've made some observations about the last days in statements by Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul. The first statement is from Jesus to his followers. Just as it happened in the days of Noah, so will it also be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, and they were being given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. My best friend owns a wedding business that publishes an online magazine and puts on a bridal extravaganza. He also owns a wedding venue. I told him that he has the perfect business because Jesus said they will be marrying and given in marriage until the final day. Two observations. First, it was business as usual. And second, judgment came unexpectedly. I addressed Judgment Day in Episode 3 of Since You Asked. So, what were the conditions in Noah's day that invoked the wrath of God? Then the Lord saw that wickedness of mankind was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. So the Lord was sorry 
that he had made mankind on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. I've always found it intriguing that, in the story of creation, God keeps saying, it was good, it was good. And when he made man, he said, it was very good. And then just a couple of pages later, he was grieved in his heart and sorry that he had made man. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for humanity had corrupted its way upon the earth. Wickedness and corruption were symptomatic of the day. One translation reads, Every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. I would like to focus on the statement, The earth was filled with violence. This is right off the front page of today's news. Already there have been 39 mass shootings in the United States in the first three weeks of 2023. This does not include individual homicides and suicides. We are almost numb to the killing that takes place in our streets, in the marketplace, and in our schools. Children and policemen are gunned down. People are gunned down by policemen. And there seems no end to it. And I guarantee that passing gun laws will not put an end to it. Criminals and those with nefarious motives will find weapons through nefarious means. David killed Goliath with a stone, and Stephen was stoned to death, becoming the first Christian martyr. The stone is an amoral, inanimate object. So is a gun. Motive determines the morality of the action, not the tool. There is the constant threat of terrorism. In 2022, there were 34 individual acts of terrorism worldwide. There is the issue of wars and rumors of wars, as Jesus called it. There are currently over 40 wars going on in the world today. As it was in the day of Noah, the earth was filled with violence. Next, Jesus draws this comparison. It was the same as happened in the days of Lot. They were eating and drinking. They were buying and selling. They were planting and they were building. But on the day that Lot left Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just the same on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. The days of Lot were just like the days of Noah. It was business as usual, and then judgment came unexpectedly. Let's revisit the story of Lot and Sodom. Now, two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. And when Lot saw them, he stood up to meet them, and he bowed down with his face to the ground. And he said, Now behold, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. They said, No, we shall spend the night in the public square. Yet he strongly urged them. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he prepared a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. 
Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may have relations with them. But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now look, I have two daughters who have not had relations with any man. Please let me bring them out to you and do to them whatever you like. Only do not do anything to these men, because they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, Get out of the way. They also said, This one came in as a foreigner, and already he is acting like a judge. Now we will treat you worse than them. So they pressed hard against Lot and moved forward to break the door. But the angels reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness from the small to the great, so that they became weary trying to find the doorway. The people of Sodom were so addicted to sex that they drew no boundaries. A tragic result of this story is that after Lot used his daughters as a bargaining chip, they were reduced to finding their only value as sex objects. Lot's wife paid the price for not abandoning everything in obedience to divine instruction, leaving Lot alone with his two daughters, who then got him drunk and slept with him in order to get pregnant by their own father. The fruit of that action produced the Moabites and the Ammonites, future enemies of Israel. If we don't teach our daughters that their value is not as sex objects, and our sons that women are not sex objects, we will never end problems like abortion and venereal disease. We live in a society where sex is peddled without boundaries. It is in the movies, television, music, magazines, and billboards. We are no longer shocked by wantonness. Scandals used to be the exception of the rule. Now they rule the day. It is not reserved for rock stars and Hollywood types. Sports figures, politicians, and preachers are routinely discovered having sordid affairs. Associated Press lists the following passengers on Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Express. Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, Kevin Spacey, Chris Tucker, Bill Gates, Prince Andrew, RFK Jr., Eastock Perlman, John Glenn, George Mitchell. Clinton, Trump, and Spacey's histories are well documented, and they will, along with the rest, no doubt deny any wrongdoing. But no one is shocked or even surprised that these high-profile elites are named in sexual scandal. There are no longer any taboos. Child abuse is rampant. We read headlines about children in school being encouraged to change their gender identification without their parents even knowing. Sex trafficking involving minors is at epidemic level. As it was in the days of Lot, we live in a hedonistic society. Now let's examine Paul's teaching on the matter. In his second letter to Timothy, he writes, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For people will be lovers of self, 
lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, slanderers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are men who slip into houses and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I want to look at each of these characteristics. Lovers of self. In the Bible, selfishness is sin. I explain this in detail in episode 6 of Since You Asked. And yet, in our culture, we have books like Ayn Rand's The Virtue of Selfishness and Looking Out for Number One by John Ringer. We've gone from Life Magazine to People Magazine to Us Magazine to Self Magazine. Lovers of Money We live in the most materialistic culture in history. We live in the most materialistic culture in history. Boastful and arrogant. People hated Cassius Clay for his braggadocious style in the 60s. Villains were always boastful. But these days, when a football player makes a routine play, he pounds on his chest and tugs on his jersey and the crowd cheers. I see it even at the high school level. Pride has become a virtue instead of a flaw. Gay pride parades are applauded by the media, but that's a matter for another podcast of its own. Slanderers and malicious gossips. We have a whole industry of gossip magazines and TV shows. Politics has been reduced to accusations and name-calling. Disobedient to parents. Parents are often afraid to discipline their children for fear of being accused of child abuse. The result is children are out of control because they have nothing to fear. Ungrateful. We now have the Enlightenment generation who expect everything and give thanks for nothing. Unholy. Christians want to fit in rather than be set apart. Unloving. C.S. Lewis said it best. Love is unselfishly choosing for another's highest good. Jesus said love is the highest law. We fall so short of that law. Irreconcilable. Some people just refuse to live in peace. It is a choice. Many divorces are based on irreconcilable differences. Without self-control. Self-control is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus said, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Brutal. Acts of violence have become commonplace. Brutality has to do with showing no remorse. 
haters of good. God warns, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. We're there, folks. Treacherous. Loyalty is an endangered species. Politicians betray their party and the people who they are supposed to represent. CEOs betray stockholders in corporate scandals. Spouses betray each other and the sacred vows they spoke at an altar. Sports team owners move their teams in the middle of the night, leaving loyal fans with no one to root for. Treachery abounds. Reckless. Every 50 minutes, someone in America is killed by a drunk driver. AIDS, other STVs, and unwanted pregnancies are the results of sexual recklessness. As many as 10 million Americans have a gambling addiction. Teenagers are seduced by fads like the Orbeez Challenge, the Choking Challenge, the Tide Pod Challenge, resulting in tragic injuries and death. We are reckless. Conceited. We live in a narcissistic society. This is demonstrated routinely by the popularity of social media and the selfie stick. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We are starved for pleasure, but have no stomach for the call to discipleship. Jesus said, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. But we would rather follow the pleasures of this world. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Here's today's version. I'm spiritual, not religious. Which I interpret to mean, I believe there is a God, but I don't want any rules or anyone telling me how to live. Paul said the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Men who slip into households and captivate weak women. And we have the hashtag MeToo movement. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I agree with the popular cliche that Washington, D.C. is broken. But I also think our education system is broken. In many cases, the classroom from kindergarten to university has become an indoctrination center. I have friends with multiple degrees who lack any common sense or moral values. Preachers and pew dwellers are biblically illiterate. Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When the warnings of Jesus and the Apostle Paul read like current events, when books like Brave New World, Fahrenheit 451, and 1984, which once read like science fiction and now read like history, when scientists set the atomic clock at 90 seconds till midnight, maybe we should pay attention 
to what's going on around us. In ancient days, the sons of Issachar knew how to discern the times and what the people should do. I don't know when the end of the world will be. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. No man knows the hour or the day. But I am considering hitting the streets with a sign that reads, Repent, the end is near. Or at least I'll keep doing these podcasts and hope that someone heeds the warnings. This is Jim Barrier with Since You Asked and World News Brief on the CGMRadio.com network. Thank you.